0: Okay, Okay. the Parshish Shoftim, we're talking about the Eglah Arufah. Those of you who missed the beginning of the Shia, there's somebody else who was there. We're to Pasuk Vav. Perek HaVal Vav. It says, So all the skinim are there trying to get rid of the guilt that they have. I, mean, I don't know where this guilt comes from. But they have guilt. Here's the proof, the final proof. V'anu They answer and they say. which is like regular Hebrew. You could say that in Hebrew. amru. lo et adam lo ra'u. Our hands, which we're wiping assiduously, did not do this thing. lo ra'u. Nor can we... Can we actually tell you who did do it? We weren't here, we didn't see it. Just someone came to our house and told us that there's a dead body. And so we came out, we saw the dead body. That's what they say. And then they say, Kapel Amchayisrahel Asher Padita Hashem. Atone I'm Yisrael, who you have redeemed Hashem, but the and Achem Adam. And don't allow this to be innocent blood in our midst. So then what exactly, what system of law are we talking about? If you know that Ruvain killed Shimon, so then we'd to deal with it. We'd to deal with Ruvain who killed Shimon. If there are witnesses, if there's a big thing, I mean, we do something. We don't know that Reuben killed Shimon. We don't know who killed Shimon. So we also, we don't do anything. However, the Torah says, if somebody killed Shimon, and Shimon is out in the middle of nowhere, and he's closer to one city than to the other city, then you have to go through this extensive ritual, which includes the He says, is, what is this all about? So Rashi says, "Yedenu lo the Rashi, Rashi, he says, "What do you mean? Who imagined that they did it? How could you confess to something you didn't do?" I mean, that also makes a mockery of confession, does it not? In other words, everybody knows that when you do tshuva, there has to be vidui. You have to confess, but you confess to something that you did. Even if you do it the way we do it. Like we do it like this, the viduya katsar asham no bagad no no divar dofi, you know, the alip We sort of say, it's like we say, look, I'm not so interested in owning up to what I really did wrong. So I'll give like a, a general outline, asham no bagad no gazal, and I'm in there. I'm in there somewhere. I doesn't mean I did every one, but I'm, but I'm definitely confessing. You, you, you understand what I mean? Even though maybe I can't say that I'm guilty of A, Aleph, Ataf. So I didn't do every one of those transgressions. But what, in there is me. The same thing is true about what we call the Vidui Ha'aroch. Right? Al-cheychechatanu lefanech abdi. So it doesn't mean that we really remember that we did every single one of those other areas. That would, you know, take a pretty, you know, formidable person. But, but, uh, but whatever we did wrong, it's in there. It's a kind of confession without confessing. Like, okay, I'm standing in shore. I mean, do you think everybody's going to, like, hold up a, a Delaney card and say, this is what I did this year? or I mean, it's a little, little difficult. But these people... They certainly didn't do it. They're only confessing to one thing. It's all about one thing. Lo about this person who's dead in the field. And Rashi says, We didn't see him. And What? in other words you can't know s- since we didn't see him the fact that we didn't escort him is not our fault the fact that we didn't give him food to him, we didn't know he was there Right like below Mizzunata, below Lava, yeah, we didn't do that because we didn't know he was there uh, so this is an odd thing it, it's like there's an implication here isn't there yeah. implication that they really might be guilty of something he should have known he was there. Uh, Yeah, maybe. He should have run to know he was there. And then they would have gotten with him, and then he wouldn't have gotten killed. But that's like a really, you know, that's a de cheshbun, you know, like they say. That's, that's sort of unreasonable. Today, we live in a world where everybody, you know, shoot, one guy shoots another guy, and if the other guy steals something from him, it's like, all well, you know, that we live in. This is to this is say, since I didn't know I didn't feed him. All right, what kind of a failure is that? That's not an a failure. That's nothing. So that's what Rashi says. Rashi says, Since we, last week, we started talking a little about physics, I'd like to continue with Dr. Schrader's permission. I didn't say something about uh, physics. In physics, there's a, there's a new thing. And not so new. You know, in the world today, every new means it's this year, and old means it's last year. So this is not that new, but it's uh, it's new. Uh, it's called chaos theory. Do you ever hear chaos? 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 A wonderful thing, chaos. What is chaos theory? What is chaos theory? Well, let me let me say this let me say this you know like uh, if you have if you have children in yeshiva like you have sons in yeshiva right so every Pesach they come home and they tell you that all your measurements are wrong (laughs) But but even though they told you the same thing last year and this year you're doing what they told you to do last year but you're wrong anyway it doesn't matter Now, you have to understand that intrinsic to measurements is a lack of precision. Is it a foot? There's a foot? How do we know how long a foot is? How how long do you know how how big uh, an inch is? How do you know? Well, uh, somebody decided, right? But let's say I wanted to check. I would to check out what a foot is, or what an inch is, or what I I go to France, and maybe they have a foot, like a silver foot in a case. You look at it. You say, oh, that's a foot. But if you measure that foot in that case with the kind of high-precision measuring devices that they have, you measured it ten years ago, you measured it today, it would be different. Because things get worn down. Either you keep them in perfectly control. anyway, it's very hard to measure things precisely. So what really happens is our imprecision gets a little bit better. So that we get a little closer, get a little closer, but we never we never can really measure anything correctly. So Newton said I don't mean Newton, I don't know what he said. He, he, he's talking Latin to everybody. So I know what, so Newton had friends, you know, they all said... They said, Hello, <laughs> Everybody said, we're going to build a bridge, At this end of the bridge will be computed this way, and that end of the bridge will be computed that way, so the bridges will never meet. That only happens in Israel. <laughs> but outside of Israel, it's good enough. It's, it's not precise. It's not 100%. But the, the, the difference is so small that you don't notice it in real, like in activity, in regular activity. That's, that's called physics. So physics, there's a compromise between a theoretically, theoretical precision and practical, how things work out practically. But, but you see, uh, as a result of the observation of several curious uh, physicists, they primarily were looking at weather. You know about weather? weather. <laughs> we don't look at the weather. We just are annoyed by it. <laughs> but they were looking at weather and they are trying to figure out they tried trying to figure out, are they, can you make a rule? Like if you see a cloud or the wind going around this way Right now, could you tell when the wind will, what will be later on? You know, that's weather, they have forecasts, weather forecasts. So they wanted, uh, 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 they were people, though they're people like that who deal with crazy things. So they wanted to know whether there was a rule, like a formula, by which you could say, if the clouds are moving at this speed, or if the wind is going in this way, then tomorrow... We know what's going to be. And they had difficulty with that. They had difficulty with that. The reason... And they couldn't, they couldn't figure out a formula which would enable them to predict accurately what the weather was going to do. What you do today, I mean, don't they, is when they say it's a five-day weather, they look at the weather. The weather comes in big bundles and so if it's at Cyprus and it's raining and it's going at a certain speed you can figure it'll get to Israel and rain uh, two days from now three days from now. but they wanted to know how they can get so they couldn't do it as a result of the fact that they couldn't do it they came up with this they had this idea everybody had this idea that uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to say it in a way that I might understand what it is that I was saying which, <laughs> So, so there's this question. There's this question. Since we measure things imperfectly, and since you can't always figure out how B comes from A, it says that might mean that might mean that, well, everything is the cause of some kind of response. So the way they say it, because they, they think they're cute, right? The physicists, they say, well, if the butterfly... You know about the butterfly? Yeah, the butterfly So the butterfly is not like such a vicious animal. and doesn't contain a lot of mass. So if the butterfly flaps its wings uh, someplace, well, that's going to affect the air next to the butterfly which is ultimately going to affect the weather in Moscow. This is what chaos is about. This is what chaos is about. The things that seem to be very insignificant might actually, in the larger picture, have a very profound effect on the results, and that's why it's very hard to measure. That's why it's very hard to measure, because you never know. Because we live, the way we measure... Is imprecisely, but we want to measure more precisely, we have difficulty. So things are, uh, uh, that's chaos theory, that small events in one place may have are uh, ultimately a great effect on events elsewhere. And unless you can measure all those small events and put them into your Hezbollah, whatever you're doing, you're never going to get a correct answer. And it was good because you know, everybody's happy to know that the reason that they can't get the answer is not their fault, but it's the fault of the complexity of the system. So with that introduction, I want to tell you, or look at the Ibn Ezra. The Ibn Ezra says, even says it lo reu Lorau lo Lorau, they confess right? remember the Pasuk Zion Pasuk Zion v'anu v'anu yadeinu lo shafchu et adam hazeh Lorau. lo yadeinu that's their confession the Bibneshe says, "Einenu lo ra'u." B'ikachem, that Hashem tziva Kane kein ha'krova. He says, "It seems to me that Hakadosh Baruch Hu directed this keinim of the closest city ha'ir ha'krova to do this confession, to make this confession." Ki lulei she'asu avera k'dol mela because if not for the fact that they did some transgression that was like it the Ibn Ezra says they're guilty the reason that they have to confess is because they're guilty what are they guilty of? I don't know but they did something they did something that the language of the, of the Ibn Ezra is different than the, the language of chaos. The Ibn Ezra says, the Ibn Ezra says, uh, If they didn't do something that was really bad, like what could they have done? Something like they confessed to. That there was some other guest in the city and they didn't feed him. There was some other guest in the city and they didn't uh, uh, walk with him. He wasn't killed. He was not killed. So that according to the Ibn Ezra, when they said, He said, It means, But we did something terrible to someone else who was not killed who's not killed. But by doing that, according to the Ibn Ezra, by doing that, I created the, the possibility for this death to take place. In, in other words, hefkerut. This kind of hefkerut is associative. It, it means that if in the city if it's a city, we even have a notion about that, like Sdom vaAmorah, that if people are that way, it will produce other people who are that way, and you should not associate yourself with that kind of a city under any circumstances. That's what the Ibn Ezra. That's what the Ibn Ezra says. So when they, when they in come out and they say what they say, they're admitting to a weakness. They're admitting that their city did not live on the proper standard. adam We didn't kill this guy. But we made it possible for him to be killed. And this is mentioned in the Rambam. If you look at the bottom of the sheet, the Rambam says, the Rambam says this. You know, the Rambam does anthropology. We, we call it anthropology the Rambam says anthropology is about people about how people are not communities but the Rambam says He says the way of the world is that people are influenced their opinions and their actions right? they're influenced by their friends by their community you know in Hag and Sha and people are likely to act like the people around them act and they do you know that's, that's expected it's expected that people should act that way Kedesh, you'll So the Rambam said. Therefore, a person, every person, has the obligation to, be, to connect himself to people who he aspires to be like, and not to let the surrounding community affect him in an indiscriminate way. But you have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. You see what happened in Eretz Every all over Eretz Yisrael, everybody lives today. know, well, see Yerushalayim, Tel Aviv, uh, the Shachim. you know, everybody lives in a community with a community of people who is exactly the same as they are. That's that's very uh, uh, Jews all over the world aspire to live in that kind of community. Community where people everybody dresses the same way, has the same goals or send their children to the same kinds of schools. That, that's what we do. Even though there are a lot of religious people with uh, different kinds of like nuances but everybody finds a place with other people exactly the same as they are. And that's what the Ma, the is talking about. And you have to stay away from the wicked. You have to stay away from it. So there's a wickedness in the story of Egl HaArufah, the Yiddish says, that if not for the fact that he let it happen, that something was let loose in the air, this idea that you didn't have to be kind to people who came to visit, this murder would not have happened. And therefore, the community accepts the responsibility for the hefkerut, for the lack of concern that was exhibited. In this case, the community accepts that responsibility, and the kohanim, the Leviim, the Shostim, the Kenim in this case, act as the Kohanim and Yom HaKippurim, act as uh, 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 Yom HaKippurim, and doing Vidui for everybody in the city. And so we understand that point do the kohanim? how can the Kohanim do Vidui for Kalal Yisrael? It doesn't make any sense. How can you say that Yom HaKippurim is Bechaper on all the Apple notes? How does that happen? It says, well, the Kohanim a part of it. It was, they wrote to have a communal aspect to them. It's not true, as we say, that everybody is his own master. That's not what the Rabbath says. It's not true that we're not responsible. We have a problem, we just get rid of it. It's not true, according to the Ibn Ezra, that that's what the Torah teaches us. The Torah teaches us that there's a communal responsibility for wickedness, evil, uh, 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 different kinds of transgression there's a communal trans. there's a communal responsibility but it's not a mystical responsibility that we are talking about the communal responsibility is that in certain communities this would not happen and in other communities it does happen and therefore the communities in which it happens it could be stealing it could be uh, you know, taking money from the till and supplies around, they could be murder in a community in which this happens you have to understand the terrorist says that there's a certain uh, a communal responsibility and therefore if there's a dead person in the middle of the road it's because we didn't give him uh, a proper uh, we didn't service him properly and if we don't know that we didn't service some properties. The attorney says, "Well, just look around and see if there's anybody else who we allow to leave a house without us, uh, 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 without the support of, of food and uh, and walking with him to wherever he, he is going." It was, it, it was this idea. The idea in this in this is that you can't localize a transgression you can't say okay there's something wrong with him you know there's something wrong today we enjoy that we enjoy doing that oh you know we psychologize but psychologizing is to individualize the, the onus or the burden of the transgression it's not the community it's not me I'm not responsible. I just have to get rid of it. I just have to deny it a place in my community. everything will really be all right. But the terrorist seems to say, the terrorist seems to say, that that the shock of finding a dead body in the middle of the road leads to the uh, leads to the confession of the scapegoat. Yet they knew Lo that Adama means, but we must have done something wrong. And therefore, we're bringing the egla arufa, and uh, the, whatever the symbolism is of Nachalayim, it's a different, different matter. But this is this is the chaos theory of the Ibn Ezra That whatever happens has a source. Somebody did it. Somebody did it. You can't say I didn't do it. You can't, say, didn't do it. You can't say I didn't do it. Like the people in the uh, people in Israel drive like maniacs, right? Did I do that? I didn't do that. Maybe I did. Maybe I did do it. Maybe if I look back at all the years, I say, oh, I must have driven like a maniac also a couple of times. I may have also lent to this atmosphere in some way. Even though I claim righteously that I didn't. But maybe I did. So that the community, the community, this is what what the the Torah says. There's a communal responsibility for everything that happens that is unacceptable. That's a behavior that's unacceptable. It's not something that we could, we could say, oh, it's him and not us. But in fact, it's always us. It's always us who is responsibility. Of course, in Ruben kills we have another responsibility. The Torah tells us to deal with Ruben. But that doesn't mean that we don't have to deal with ourselves. So now, if you look at a pasuk, I was looking for another, another example. So if you look at this pasuk, in Bamidma Paragyut Beis, right, Pasuk Yudah, is that what it says? So I'll just look at the, the Chumash. B'yom Ha'ronah Be Adoni alnata sheit aleinu chatat asher no alnu vasher chatado. That's the pasuk, right? Yes, we do. So this pasuk comes after, you know, the story of Aaron and Miriam talking about Moshe Abenu. The pasuk says. God was angry with Aaron and Miriam. So Aaron and Miriam realized that they did something wrong. Miriam is punished. So Aaron now turns to Moshe because he realizes that Moshe has come out of this as the leading personality and he says, Al natasheit aleinu chatat Al aleinu chatat Don't allow this uh, sin to rest upon us even though this true that we did it, like we are bad people, we became no alnu means like every every limb is a bad person. She no alnu v'shechata no. I admit it, but I want you to help us. Alnat he can make a shabbat sektomerachimimol. Beiachal chatzib b'sayro v'itzak Lemor elna refor malah. So again, the pasuk says pasuk yiralef. When Yom HaRosh Hashanah Moshe bi'adu mi, bi'adu mi. I'm not the shayta chad. I should know. I'll know. But Asher chatanu. What i told you what that meant. But what is Asher chatanu? What is Asher chatanu? So the meshichachma which you have on the page here, the Meshachach was says this, Yitachin, it's Aaron talking to Moshe, right? And he says, Asher Chatanu, plural, which could mean all three of us, right? Because he talked to Moshe Rabbeinu, what he mean Asher Chatanu, what you got to do with Moshe Rabbeinu, so the Meshachach says this, Yitachain Sheramazlo, maybe this is what he meant, he Aro, speaking to Moshe Rabbeinu. Maybe this is what he meant. Kigam Moshe nechshal vaze. What? That Moshe Rabbeinu also did the same Aveira. <speaking in Hebrew> what same Aveira? Shalnar. Eh lo yaminuli. See the pasuk. Vayad Mosheva Yomer. Right. The next. The next source. Vayad Mosheva Yomer. Eh lo in other words, what did Moshe Rabbeinu say? What did Moshe Rabbeinu do? He said Loshon Hora about? About Israel. He said about Bnei Israel. He didn't know. He said, I can't go to do this job. They're not going to pay any attention to me. That's what Moshe, that's what Moshe Rabbeinu said. He said, hey, How did he know that? I didn't know they're not going to listen. So he said, that's called Lashon Hara. He says, oh, they're not ready, they're not spiritual, they're not, they're not ready. So the Meshech Chochmah says, the Meshech Chochmah says, that Aaron was saying to Moshe Rabbeinu, he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, he said to Moshe Rabbeinu, okay, it's true, we talked Lashon Hara about you, but you also talk Lashon Hara. You know, like the children always say, "But you, but you did that." Like as though know, that's a, a kind of a solution. And that was before... Before what? Before Moses, when he, he was brought up by an Egyptian.
1: So I mean, he didn't know about... He
0: didn't know about Losh and Hora. No. Uh, maybe. But the Meshach, what did he what did he do? The Meshach, what he do? The Meshach, what did he do? The Meshach, what did he do? The Meshach, what did and that's why Moshe Rabbeinu you know when God said to Moshe Rabbeinu go to the Egyptians he gave him two simanim right? right one was Sarat and everybody knows Sarat is a punishment for Lashodara. so it means that Moshe Rabbeinu was being punished for Roshonara he said when did he say Roshonara so according to the Meshach it was in this puzzle this is the Roshonara that he said and that's why in our pasuk, our pasuk means the pasuk of a I It's like the Ramban says to Moshe Rabbeinu. I said, okay, we did something wrong, but you also did something wrong. Okay, Miriam said B'torah. but you also had the mitzra. It's like it's like an argument. It's an argument for uh, for a light punishment. Don't punish us so much, because uh, because uh, it's like you. That's one way. But having learned the Ibn Ezra, having learned the Ibn Ezra and having thought about it, we can say this. Every Aveira is connected to the previous Aveira that was done. So you know Moshe Rabbeinu had never done the Aveira, that's what like, the Meshachot says, Moshe Rabbeinu had never done the Aveira of uh, Lashon Hora he had never spoken Lashon Hora Miriam and Aaron wouldn't have spoken Lashon Hora either but apparently just like Moshe Rabbeinu thought he was doing the right thing even though he was talking Lush and Hora could' like Kodesh Bodeh to Calvin he was doing the wrong right? that's the simple shot. Moshe Rabbeinu said they're not going to listen to me what do you mean not going to listen to me so Moshe Rabbeinu thought it was the right thing to do he didn't want to go and fail he thought that that would be bad for Avni Israel the same thing is true the same thing is true about, about Miriam and Aaron and Aaron says to Moshe Rabbeinu look we also thought we were doing the right thing and we knew that it was Lashon Hara but you did and even though you were punished for it you opened that door it, is, it means that there are cases or there will be cases where you could do this kind of Lashon Hara so while this is not exactly chaos theory but it's the same idea that 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 you have to always be careful about what you do, because other people are there who are learning from you. They're imitating you, and they just may get it wrong. It may be the wrong thing. It may be the wrong thing uh, to imitate. I just want to uh, I want to tell you what the what the says. Unfortunately, for uh, somehow, the MS is not on the sheet. <coughs> There's a possible at the end of the varim. There's a possible at the end of uh, the varim. Okay. Here it is in the parasha of uh, Mikzavim. In other words, there's a there's an agreement between a Baruch Hu and Menei Israel, but uh, they're not going to always listen. Shalom leh. I'll do whatever I want. I'll be all right. Nothing terrible is going to happen. No one's going to notice. I'll do. I'll do a little avayir here. here. I'll do. I'll eat in one of those restaurants, an Indian restaurants without a hefser. You know, when we were, I when we were kids, we used to read the um, the ingredients on the on the candy bars. So there were always three kinds of ingredients. There things that we knew, and then there were chemicals, and then there were words that we didn't understand. So we said, chemicals are chemicals. You can't have a tray of Words we don't understand. You go to the store, you can't buy it. So all we had left was chocolates and nuts, so, <laughs> so we used to eat everything. Uh. Today it's a different word. Today, even the things we would not eat then, we can eat today. Today, everything's kosher. It's like a, it's a, it's a concept thing. You know, once was the thing that separated the Jews from other people. Today, everybody wants to buy kosher food for some reason. You know, there's no, not only is there no separation, but but all the Muslims are eating kosher food, and all of the GoYim eat kosher food. <coughs> So in any event, that uh, things will be really terrible. That's what Rashi says. Okay. So this is a kind of depressing pasuk. It's a pasuk in Mitzvim, which comes after Kitavo. In Kitavo there's an agreement that's made between HaKadosh Baruch and Am Yisrael. And then the Torah itself says that B'nai Yisrael are not going to keep the agreement. They're gonna they're gonna cheat. Cheat a little here, they cheat a little there until things get really terrible. So the strata met says. he says, I don't understand the Strapper Met says. I mean, and people do it up there. They should get punished. What is the idea? in spoke that's They just say in advance, there that things are going to be very terrible. So, Shlomo says this. He says there's a medrash, and the medrash says this: Zacha, notel chel It's a gemara. It's a medrash in a gemara. Zacha, notel chel kol If a person is righteous. So he will merit a place in Ganeiden and he'll even get his fellow's place, who was not, uh, not such a righteous person. And the Rasha is like sort of like uh, the Ganeiden and Gehenom are divided into like their giant locker rooms. Everybody has a locker. But if you're a Rasha, they don't let you into the Ghanedim. They say, they to get to So the Tzaddik gets the extra locker room. Like he gets two spaces in, Ga- in Ghanedim. The same thing is true for Gehenim. The Russia goes to Gehenim, And next to him, he's got another space for the Tzaddik, who went to... So he gets two spaces, right? That's what the, that's what the Medrus says. The Gemara says. You ready? Parashenad means like, you know, it's it's like an impossible measure. What does it mean? A tzaddik gets two places in, G- in Ghanadan and a Rasha gets two places in in Ganama. What does that mean? He says, Oh, it's easy. He says, After all, the wicked person affects the righteous person. They're not two distinct entities, but if there's a wicked person who does bad things all the time, then how does he affect the righteous person? He says, "May v'at tzadik Okay, he can't get the tzadik to do a major avera, but he can get the tzadik to do things that we call shogeg because of this interaction between the people in the world. The shigigata tzaddik Right? And, and then in turn the fact that the tzaddik did something wrong that is reflected again in the rasha. Shemevi'et the rasha liz not, so that according to the according to the what uh, is the what do you mean you're going to get punished just endlessly He says, "No, you're on an endless treadmill. You're on an endless treadmill. If there's a real Russia, then the tzaddik cannot help but be affected. And if the tzaddik is affected, then the Russia gets affected and becomes more of a Russia. So that again, again, you have this idea. You have this idea that what happens in the world." Uh, what happens around you, however you circumscribe the world, right, however you say, "This is where I am. this is where I live." You know like the Pa <laughs> said, I think you have myself attributed it to somebody else. but I learned that you know the Panto said when I was young, I tried to fix the whole world. And when I got older, I tried to fix everybody in my town. And when I got older yet, I tried to fix my family. And now, I'm an old man, I'd be happy if I could fix myself a little bit. So what's Pshat? So what's the Pshat? The Pshat is that when you're young... (laughs) I barely remember. When you're young, you think that you can change the world. Which means that you think you can overwhelm the world with the ideals that you have. And when you're old, you realize... That it's all you could do to fight off the pressure that's put on you all the time to act against your real interests and concerns. So that that's what the Baal Shem thought, As the Baal Shem said, maybe it wasn't the Baal Shem with was somebody else, but it doesn't matter who said it. A lot of people have had that story attributed to them. And this idea this idea that, that part of part of life is awakening to the fact that you're not just affecting everything around you but everything around you is affecting you is what the spot Emet is talking about it's not that people are are static. there are good people and there are bad people and there are better people and there are worse people everybody is in his own category that's not the way it is but everybody is always being affected and being, and affecting, right? You are being pressured to act in a certain way, and you're part of the pressure that's put on other people to act in a certain way. So when this came in, when this came in, came and saw this dead body they had this awakening, this awareness, that they were truly responsible, not responsible in some kind of uh, uh, jurisdiction, they had jurisdiction over this area of the world. It wasn't like that. It was rather that they were directly responsible for everything that happened. And being directly responsible for everything that happened, they were not able. They were not able to excuse themselves. And the Torah demands of them. Torah demands of them that they say that they confess their sins. And even though they're not sure, they don't know exactly what it was that they did, but they know that this would not have happened unless they, in some way, complied with it with it happening. The world that we live in, you know, in Israel, where you turn on the news in the morning and you find out about somebody else who did something remarkable, is a world in which people don't want to take responsibility. But it's not worth it. It's not worth it. And here, uh, like I heard... Uh, uh, there was a mashat. Did you hear that? There was a mashat one day, and uh, and in Israel the prime minister said, "I'm responsible," and then the Sahib Tachon said, "I'm responsible," and then the rabbi Kal said, "No, I'm responsible," because what does that mean? It means it's like a synonym for "don't bother me." It's not like, what do you mean, "I'm responsible"? Yeah, so so. Uh, if you're responsible, you didn't do the job, and you messed up, so go get another job. No, I'm responsible. That's like a new definition. But the Skenim and the Shoftim, they had to accept the weight of responsibility for, say, the level of crime, for the way people acted in their community. And they accepted that responsibility Accepted their responsibility. They even confessed, as the Kohanim do on our behalf on Yom Hakippurim, because we're all responsible. Because transgressions are not something that people do in private, kind of in a in a bubble, but they're a part of a society which enables, supports, is interested in people acting in that unacceptable, unacceptable manner. Have a good Shabbos. Mars, let's do